Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast. Uh, another sad weekend for the Crows and also for the Socceroos and Port 1, so that's annoying too. Joining me to uh, share the misery is Macca. How are you going, Macca? Very good, thank you. Nicky actually has suffered under the strain and collapse, so she's yeah. not here. But, yeah, but yeah. mate... We'll soldier on. We will push on, mate, and uh, we'll have a chat about things as we go along. Thank you to everyone joining us in the chat this evening. I expect it will be a lively uh, chat again as usual. Uh, And let's crack right into it with the roundup of the weekend scores, shall we? Yeah. And it started on Thursday night, Macca, with uh, the little brother in reasonable form uh, getting up over the Bulldogs. 20 goals, 12-132 to 11 goals, 9-75. Port not going too bad, although the the Bulldogs aren't exactly stiff opposition. The one thing I will say about them uh, is that they play with intensity. In fact, if they they were a skilled side, they'd they'd probably be a very good contender for the flag. the one thing I hate about Port Adelaide, well, I, do, I just hate them anyhow, but, uh, but I do hate the fact at the moment that they actually are playing with great intensity. Uh, and as I said, if they had the proper skills of some of the other sides, they'd be a real flag favourite. Yeah, I agree, Mackett. Um The intensity is certainly there and they're playing like a team that uh, is on a bit of a mission. Uh, like no. you, I don't know how deep they're going to go into finals, but they're certainly giving it a crack, and that's really all you want. But l- l- the only thing to come out of that match is uh, the worst crowd ever for for poor at Adelaide over twenty nine thousand or something or other. What happened? Well, the, in fairness to them, I will say this: I reckon they probably would have still only got about maybe around the forty thousand mark if they were lucky. But the weather, to put it very bluntly, was playing shit out. And oh, come uh, on, mate. What, well, all I can say is that I would have been afraid. <laughs> come, come, come on, mate. <laughs> nah, <laughs> they're, I wouldn't. They're, they're flying. It's a Thursday night. Yeah, it's a bit chilly, but it didn't rain. Yeah, but it, it, I don't want to dive you, man. You're just hold a fucking flag up and say, you know, hold your scarf up and rock yeah. from side to side. Yeah, well, they like doing that. Anyway, yeah. Friday night, Friday. Uh, uh, possibly a grand final preview, I reckon. Sydney versus the Eagles at the SCG, Sydney getting up 10 goals, 12-72. Eagles, 7 goals, 15-57. Bad kicking by both sides, but particularly the Eagles. Um, I don't know whether, what you what you make out of that game, really. Well, I don't, think you, I don't think you get any clue as to who's the better side out of the two because, I mean, Sydney had the advantage of the home ground. West Coast allegedly don't travel, and I thought they didn't do a bad job at all. In fact, it was a very good game to watch. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was... Uh, a very good contest of two two very talented sides, and uh, I think you could be well be right. Those two, uh, they're both grand final quality. Yeah, I think so. Them and Rich and Richmond, I think, are the three at the moment. Uh, Saturday, uh, Carlton and Frio. Carlton, oh my God, horrific. Fifteen goals, thirteen one hundred three to Fremantle. Carlton six goals, ten forty six, and they're probably lucky to get. That much on the board, uh, Fremantle annihilating them. And, you know, um, Fremantle going on from the, with the form they showed against us and against a side that well, you wouldn't want to be barracking for. 
Um, the thing about Carlton is they were talking about the fact that they they should be applying uh, for a priority pick. Why? We know they, they've mismanaged their club uh, very poorly, and and they're talking about giving a priority pick. Why should they mm. get a priority pick? No, well, I don't think they should either. Um, and look, you know, to be fair, they outscored Frio six goals to three in the second half. <laughs> Frio kicked three goals eight in the second quarter, uh, second half to. Carlton's uh, six goals three, but uh, yeah, you can't blame Frio for switching off after being essentially twelve goals up and holding Carlton goalless in the first half. That's well, that bag of shit that Carlton <clears throat> is, is uh, represents years of uh, bad, you know, bad trading, um, bad drafting, and that you shouldn't be rewarded for that. No, I agree with you, mate. I agree. Um, St Kilda having a good win in a close game. Close game uh, against Gold Coast, 11 goals, 14, 80 to 11 goals, 12, 78. Up there at Metricon, uh, I didn't watch the game, I have to admit, but uh, the Saints getting up in a close one. Well, you, if, you want, if you watched 90% of the game... And yeah, Gold Coast were the in. Last, the last 10% you would have said, oh, oh the last Gold Coast won a game. Well, they just disappeared. And in that, uh, the, you know, the last 15 minutes of football... I thought St Kilda coming from an impossible position to win and of course they were all rejoicing and they were finally uh, broken through for a win and uh, I saw the Alan Richardson going really happy, etc. And so he should be like he might have got turfed otherwise. Um, well, two points against no, the Suns is, is nothing to write home about, is it? Well, two pretty rotten sides. And St Kilda have been underperforming to some degree, but... but uh, no, two pretty poor sides. Yeah. And then uh, today we had an uh, entertaining game, I thought. Uh, Richmond versus Geelong. Richmond getting up 12 goals, 11.83 to Geelong, 9 goals, 11.65. Uh, again, you know, Geelong in it for long periods and then the Tigers really just kicking away towards the end there. Sadly, it does show, I think, that look, Richmond always get all the advantages, of course, because they, they always... Uh, playing on uh, the MCG, that, that was an away game for them, by the way. Yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. Um, so, you know, it is a joke, absolute joke. Um, but anyhow, they, they're going to be very hard to beat. At this stage, you'd say there's probably three genuine chances for the flag, the two that we mentioned in Sydney and West Coast and uh, Richmond because of all the advantages they get during the year and in the finals. Um, yeah, they've got to be one too. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, mate, look, uh, let's get on to the main event without any further ado. Uh, a fair bit to talk about <laughs> with the Crows v. Hawks. Main event, really, what I would call it. But, uh, yeah, the shambles, eh? Get ugly. Damn, that's ugly. I haven't had to change this song much lately because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's applicable every time. Um, look, uh, Adelaide, four goals, 8.32 to the Hawks, 12 goals, 16.88, a margin of 56 points, which I think flattered us really uh, in the end, uh, including a scoreless, third qu- a scoreless third quarter and one goal, three in the last, one goal, two in the first, and... Uh, Two goals, three in the second. Uh, oh, what? Make me smile. Give me something, Macca. Give me something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very hard. Um, 
I just can't even think of any of you. We would have to relate it to the game. Um, we we were a bit of a joke. There's no doubt about that. I mean, for the what, the way I would see it is, you you could say that we battled our guts out with a uh, an underweight size in terms of boxing. Uh, we battled our our way for a, a half and sort of sort of hung in there, and then. Um, just collapsed like prick balloons in the second half. The, I mean, to lose uh, was 14 consecutive clearances in the third quarter was very indicative of... Uh, see, PJ's got 16, that could well be right. Um, we, that it was absolutely uh, pathetic. And um, unfortunately, our, our midfield, um, the, you know, the guys that have done, done very well in some of the games, the, the lesser lights, They've collapsed, and uh, you know, see why he's the first to go, and and it looks like Greenwood is is starting to deteriorate as well, and um, you know, but very little support from anybody else, and yeah, it's it's it, it's it's uh, not looking very 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 pretty for for us uh, for the rest of the year the way we're going. No, it certainly isn't. Um, I, I felt, and we were talking prior to the show, Maker, I felt like we were hanging in there in the first half. I was watching a team that was completely devoid of confidence, but at least, you know, trying to stay in the contest and Hawthorne helped with their bad kicking to help us stay in the contest. But I was kind of left thinking, you know, if we just keep cracking in and keep trying and keep shuffling the ball forward, you know, this is the kind of game that can turn. And I would have thought that... Uh, Given all the uh, the mind training that the the players have been through during the off season, they would have been strong enough in mind to have a similar thought. You know that uh, we're only we're only a couple of points down at half time, and if we just hang in there, you know something might break. But no, they decided that uh, at half time that was it, and uh, that third quarter was probably one of the worst quarters of football I've seen. Oh, I reckon since about 2011, mate, in those dark days, I, I can't remember us playing as bad as that. Very, very ordinary indeed. Um, and we had, we had, at the moment, we're totally bereft of confidence. Um, when we've got the ball in the back lines, there's no method coming out of the back lines. Uh, the forward line is, is just a disgrace, a shambles. Absolute shambles going into the forward line. Yeah, well, the movement into the forward line isn't great, but the amount of times I saw JJ and Tex in the same spot, it just I just wanted to throw the remote at the TV. It was, oh, for goodness sakes, you know, work it out. Run to different spots, for goodness sake. Yeah, and look, and I know that we've got we're great pa- great personnel problems at the moment, and that's something that we, we probably should be talking about or probably will talk about. Mm. The reason for being in this position, because... For me, you know, the what's happening on the field at the moment is the final penultimate happenings of, uh, or the result of what's happened off the field. And uh, off the field is totally responsible, in my opinion, for the pathetic efforts that's uh, being produced now. Yeah, well, it does seem to be a bit like that. It seems like we've limped to the buy. I think that there's a fair few players that have had their eye on the buy for, for quite a few weeks now. And... Uh, <clears throat> Pardon me. It's uh, we we played like a team that had nothing left in the tank, and uh, you know it's it's hard to make a correlation between the team that got to a grand final last season and and smashed through the final series until we got to the grand final, and, and the team that's uh, 
uh, on the park at the moment. And it's not just personnel. It's it's skill level, it's application, it's intensity, it's uh, two-way running, it's everything. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just not the same com- side. No, confidence as well. You know, oh, Vardy yeah. mentions about Eddie. Eddie at the moment won't have a set shot for goal. No. Because he, he's got the yips at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he... Uh, there were at least two, if not three, that he should have had a set shot for goal and that he passed, uh, off. One, one, passed off. Well, did one he played on and ended up getting a goal. Mm. Um, but, uh, the, yeah, the team is really lacking in confidence um, and, and self-belief. It doesn't have the self-belief. That's And, you no. know, if you don't believe yourself, how the hell can you convince anybody else? And, um, look, we've, we've carried on about it and I think with great justification about the um, the program that they put into place which was supposed to strengthen the players and particularly their hamstrings which is good seeing them go ping 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 and, uh, and and I was very very angry with the coach afterwards when he was talking about the fact of hamstring awareness again for Seedman and for fuck's sake can we, can we stop Gibson. talking bullshit and yeah uh, Gibson Gibson uh, what was no, sorry, that was Gibson with the Gibson uh, with hamstring quote unquote awareness. Um, seed, I think, was sore. Uh, um, hip, hip pointer, hip, hip pointer, pointer. That's right. Um, look, uh, as I said, I think what, what the work that was put into these players incorrectly in the, the pre season is uh, coming is now you know, it, it's it's done well, it's gradually progressively done its havoc. Wreaked its havoc. Uh, the the uh, collective minds um, that that program and to hear the the chair come out and say again we're going to do it again in in a slightly modified fashion without one of the uh, guys that the moderator whatever they call them that that conduct these programs is, is that by the way is that the guy that you were saying wasn't qualified? Well, none of them are qualified. There's no <laughs> there's not a qualification amongst them. Um, no, and the the club told me on Friday when I uh, I texted uh, the club and they rang me back on Friday and told me that uh, the reports of Collective Minds uh, founder Eamon Wolf being disassociated with the club aren't true. So he's he's still involved, but who knows on what capacity? I mean, you know, I, it's just hard to know. And uh, look, let, without getting into too much of a discussion, let's crack into some stats, hey, and. Uh, because I'm sure on yep. Tuesday night we'll uh, have a big dip at all of that. Um, all right, so head to, head-to-head stats, I mean, quite obviously, uh, Hawthorne with 65 or 64 more disposals, 415 to 349. Uh, contested possessions, they outdid us by 22 um, and 50-odd more uncontested possessions. They went at a, a disposal efficiency of nearly 75 we were up at 70, which uh, is surprising until you realise that probably 50% of our kicks and handballs uh, didn't go the required... Well, our kicks didn't go the required distance. Um, so, yeah. Um, marks, we actually took a lot more marks than uh, uh, Hawthorne because we were just chipping around the back half, trying to find a way through most of the time, 115 to 89. Contested marks were even 6 to 6, but the telling stat was Marks inside 50, uh, Hawthorne with 13, and uh, Adelaide with only 6. Uh, hitouts, uh, big boy McAvoy, uh, 50 to 32. Um, the freeze were reasonably, well, they were even 22-21. I thought the umpiring was just okay both ways. 
Um, oh, it started off as free kick Hawthorne, and then we got a few towards yeah. him to balance it up. Oh, no, I did think that they, they, they got a couple of edgy ones early, but, um, I mean, that's not the reason why we lost. Don't get no, me wrong. No, no. Uh, look, um, clearances was a big stat, 49 to 27. That's a massive disparity, 22 clearances, and that's broken down... Uh, we lost the centre clearances 11-7. We got pummeled around the stoppage 38-20. to 20. That's an 18 uh, clearance disparity. And most of that would have been in the third quarter when Hawthorne went on an amazing run or 14 or 16 clearances in a row or something um, to absolutely demoralise us in that third quarter. Um, and we just didn't have an answer. We look like an amateur league team in that third quarter. We looked pathetic. Well, we looked stationary. We were flat-footed in the middle. Um, Source was getting done in the ruck and uh, they were mobile and we weren't. Um, look, what else do we have here? Rebound 50s, 29 Hawthorne, 42 Adelaide again, an indicator of where the ball spent most of its time. And if you have a look at the heat map, um, Hawthorne's heat map was uh, very much towards uh, the middle of the ground um, and Adelaide's was very, very deep in the back half. Um uh, where are we? Um, I think that's about it. Oh, metres gained, obviously. Uh, ours was under 5,000, 4,500. I actually found an interesting stat, um, Macca. I think I've worked out why Rory Atkins gets picked all the time. Oh, Jesus. I thought it was about the photos and the goat. Well, because... And we, we will go into individual stats in a minute, but just, uh, just as out of curiosity... Rory Atkins was the second uh, most distance covered in the game. So he ran the second most distance uh, out of any Crows player, 14.2 kilometres. So I don't think... Fear will make you run, mate. (laughs) Well, I don't reckon I've ever seen a bloke run for so far for so so little gain. I mean, he could have probably stayed in the one spot, saved his breath and had just as much bloody input in the contest. But anyway... Anyway, yeah, I, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about him afterwards, but I've got some nice words for him. Yeah, well, I mean, to sum up the head-to-head stuff, it was quite clear that um, that Hawthorne were just pushing up. We had our ball movement was so stagnant. There was no overlap run. There was no uh, running to position. Uh, we looked like we didn't have any clue whatsoever, and you know we mishandled the ball so often. And when we did actually have ball in hand, we just didn't seem to know what to do with it. We had no idea. How to get through Hawthorne's press? We we uh, lacked any sort of aggression or adventurous running uh, with the ball, and uh, I think Hawthorne took advantage of the fact that with a couple of key outs down back in Laird and Brown, we and and some very poor selection, and I, we'll talk about that in a minute. Some very poor selection, it meant that we had no run no run and carry off half back at all. So you yeah. know, just bomb it out, and the Hawks just ran it back in. Well, that's a fair description of it too. You know, it's very disappointing when you're getting beaten like like we were, and to lose contested possessions uh, quite significantly, which we did, and to lose tackles as well quite significantly, which we did. Sorry, um, yeah, I missed that stat. Yeah, yeah, you know, to get to get Buddy beaten and lose both of those, you have to say, well, what the, what in F did we do? Yeah, we. we, did, we, we have forty-six tackles for the game, Macca. Forty-six tackles for the game. I think we had uh, what was it, sixteen to half time? Was it? We had nine in the first quarter or yeah, something. We, it was we, horrific. We, 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 
but we're only teenagers up to half time, whatever the number was. It wasn't very good. And, you know, and that again is a reflection of how much of, of work rate as well. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the two key stats are contested ball and tackles. And you'd think for a, a side out of form fighting for its life in 2018, you would think that those key stats would be the ones that the players could cover off. Um, yep. But losing the contested possession count the way we did, losing the clearance count the way that we did, and not giving a yelp uh, in tackles. In fact, in the last two weeks, we've we've had as many tackles as we had in one game against the Bulldogs. Um, you know, we had a hundred plus tackles uh, against the Bulldogs on that wet and rainy night, wet and rainy night, cold and wet night. Um, Fremantle and Hawthorne, the sum of our tackles equals that tackle count. So. You know, the, the, there was one effort or one lack of effort that really uh, represented a, the, our performance for the night, and that was when they uh, we absolutely flooded their forward line and our whole 18 players were in their forward mm. line, and they kicked the ball in towards goal and somebody marked unopposed mm. out in front of a goal and there nobody within about five ten metres of him. And, yet you, and our whole 18 are in their forward line. I was always under the impression, Macca, that when you're at, when you're struggling for form as a team, as a side, the the best way to get back into form is just to go man on man, and it seems to me that that Don continues to play the type of game plan uh, that we play when we're in we're, when we're fit and firing, um, but it just with the current personnel uh, and with the lack of fitness uh, apparent amongst the group, um, and with a couple of key outs. Uh, we just couldn't afford to play that that style of game, and and yet we continue to guard space. Uh, there's no frontal pressure whatsoever. Uh, we continue to press high, and, and we're getting done over the back because there's no defensive two way running. You know, I don't know why he's not persisting. Uh, I, I don't understand it. You can't be talking about making finals if you're not actually coming up with a game plan that's going to win you a game. You raise a very good point, and. Uh I think you've made an excellent point about the man-on-man situation because if you, you know, if you are getting done and you've got and your structures aren't particularly working, well, the one structure you can put is try and get one man to to try and beat his opponent. And if you know, if if you start to win a couple of those, and then things can turn around the other way. But the the way we're doing it is, um, well, basically, is uh, trying to absorb the pressure. Uh, you know, and eventually, if you're not doing anything on the counter attack, uh, you're just going to go under, and that's what happened. Well, and the thing is, you know, we hear consistently uh, Don and and other the players and coaches say, you know, we just got to do what we do better, and I think that that serves that that's such a a blanket approach. I mean, obviously, if there are elements of your game plan that are lacking, you need to train them to improve them, but. Whenever you come up against an opponent, the opponent has a unique set of uh, strengths and weaknesses, flaws, all that sort of stuff. And even if you're playing well, you should always um, tweak your game plan to adjust to what the opponent's going to bring. You need to counter. Unless you're playing a lowly team where you can just afford to be arrogant about it and say, we're just going to play the way we want to play and let them chase up. You've always got to have some eye to what the opponent's going to bring and Hawthorne in that second half I don't know whether you noticed Macca but they they did it so well they pushed up one side of the ground and opened up 
the back uh, open up the fat side of the ground, and I think it was Atkins' oh, wing, mm, and then mm. they just kept getting us over the back on that side. So they push yep. push everyone up one side, and then they come around the other side. And to me, if you're a coach getting paid a few hundred grand a year, and you're sitting high up in the bloody MCG, you can see what's going on. We could see what was going on, and we we're watching it on the bloody television. And yet, and at so- no, no stage was there any counter to what Clarkson was doing. And Clarkson opened up the game in that third quarter. He basically uh, spread the ground wide, which is our Achilles heel, because we'd been quite good at, at closing down space um, and compacting the ground in the first half. He just opened it right up, pulled us all up one side, and then he attacked down the other side, and we got done every time. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Yeah, because that, and, um, if you're looking uh, at... Yeah. It's always on that. Um, I'm just trying. I was going to make it, but I'm talking TV talk. I looked on TV, um, but basically, you're 100% correct. Sicily was the fly on the ointment there too, and the way they positioned him, uh, he's probably the best kick out of their defence by a long way. He's very accurate with his kicking, and he was also unmanned as well. I mean, mm. somebody somebody like Sicily had to have somebody standing on him mm. um, because. Because he is the type of bloke that will absolutely take you apart if you leave him in that situation. He kicked three personally himself, so he wasn't just playing there as a stopper. He was uh, a distributor and a, and a scorer. Um, That's right. And uh, not only I that, he was getting into Texas' head as well uh, at the same time, ruffling his feathers. I don't know whether you noticed that a few times. Oh, he's a greatest shit stirrer in, in when yeah. the competition. Um, but can, he's one of those that can actually still play good football while they're, while they're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, he he was actually just giving us one hell of a belting, and mm. uh, uh, his third quarter was phenomenal. You know, you, you'd, uh, as an individual, uh, he's got a look, he's a very conceited, arrogant type, and I mean, you know, he had some reason to do it on in that third quarter. Anyway, mate, let's get in some individuals, shall we? Um, not that there's much to crow about. Pardon the pun. Um, Matt Crouch with probably the most ineffectual 30 disposal game I've ever seen. Uh, 14 and 16, I reckon 14 of those kicks, I reckon, what, 80% covered less than 25 metres, Macca, you reckon? Yeah, that, that would be true. The one thing I will give him is that he tries. Uh, there's, there's no uh, lack of effort on his part. You're quite right about his, his disposal. Um, he's just getting shorter and shorter at the moment. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, Short and kicks that, and, and handballs to stationary uh, tar- teammates. Uh, that's what I yeah. noticed about Matt. But having said that, well, he would have been probably in our best four players, which, which in itself mm. says oh, something. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, six marks, uh, four tackles, uh, four inside 50s, uh, two clearances, two rebound 50s, 11 contested possessions. Tellingly, Macca, tellingly the only player for us in double figures for contested possessions, the only player. Hawthorne yep. had one, two, three, four, five uh, in double figures and well into double figures. Matt Crouch yes. with 11, only just, with 11 was our only double figure contested possession ball winner uh, and well, went at 56.7% disposal efficiency. So when he had the ball, he burnt it. Seven how turnovers. Did, how many did Bryce Gibbs have? Oh, we'll get to him. Uh, right. But, yeah, I, look, Matt doesn't look right. Um, well, none of them, to be honest with you, none of them look right. But Matt 
has been devoid of confidence since he returned from that hamstring. Uh, whether he can't, whether it's still bothering him and he and he's afraid to kick it and ping it, I'm not sure. But uh, at the moment, uh, you almost cringe when he's got the ball in hand because uh, he's not using it. Well, but if you, you know, good good uh, uh, to, good teamwork is the key to having a good midfield. And at the moment, he hasn't got too much to have a, have a, a teamwork with. Um, yeah, he and Gibbs were the only two that I thought showed anything in the midfield mm. whatsoever. Uh, and they were up against uh, probably, you know, four to five uh, players, counting the blokes coming in from the wings that got involved. So, that you know, Hawthorne are very with their handle. They sling it around and they, uh, they've got a method of getting it out of the, out of the midfield and, and making the opposition look stupid if you, you know, if you don't do anything to prevent that. Yeah, and Ed, and we had nobody uh, firing apart from these two in the midfield, and uh, they witnessed her uh, there at the same time and many many mm. times. So, mm. um, in I think that you know some, those two guys in the midfield are two guys that I'm going to judge less harshly than the others because they tried and had no support. Mm. Well, let's look at Bryce. He had twenty and eight for twenty eight, twenty kicks, eight handballs, four marks. Five tackles, four inside fifties, six clearances, five clangers, um, nine contested possessions. Went at sixty-eight percent disposal efficiency. Um, his clearances were four centre and two stoppage. Five score involvements uh, and a couple of intercepts. So I mean, not a bad game from Bryce, uh, but that low contested possession count is is a concern. Um, also, uh, one, of the, one of the guys on the chat has also pointed out that he played uh, a little bit, but spent time at half back as well, which he did. And uh, well, I think when Gibson went down or went off for a while, I think Gibbs was forced to stay on the ground a little bit longer and maybe rotate through that half back line rather than coming off. Yep, yep. Because um, he was nearly it was eighty seven percent time on ground, which is quite high for our midfield. Uh, remind me, I'll make a comment about that. I'm out. Uh, Sam Gibson, 12 and 11 for 23, five marks, one tackle, two inside 50s, three clearances, nine contested. Uh, disposal efficiency was pretty good, 78. Uh, didn't uh, gain much in terms of meterage, five intercepts, uh, four turnovers. I just He's just so vanilla, Macca. He doesn't really give us much in terms of ball movement. He's just a, a very plain vanilla type player, really. He is vanilla. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, he's a, a Lions-type player, and at the moment you'd say Lions would be well ahead of him too. Um, yep. But uh, And we got rid of Lions to bring him in, yep. uh, uh, which is it's an, it's an odd situation, but not his fault. One thing I will say for the guy, he tries. He does yeah. try, so perhaps limited, but um, not guilty of, of uh, a lack of effort anyhow. No. And probably the bloke uh, most dirty on the club, if you if you think about the fact that he played 140-odd straight games without an injury, and uh, oh. he comes to Adelaide, uh, Adelaide using the same injury and load management technology that North did, which is where he came from, and he does a hamstring, spends seven or eight weeks out, and now he's got permanent back and hamstring issues. I mean, if he's, if he's not the indicator of uh, a complete... Mismanagement within the strength and conditioning department. I don't know what it is. 
You're 100% right. Yeah. Uh, Jake Kelly, I thought, played better than he has for a month. Uh, found, um, found, uh, he found some form, actually. Yeah, under, under some pretty severe pressure as well. 15 and 8 for 23. 10 marks, which was excellent. Three tackles, two inside 50s. Uh, six contested possessions, went at 91% disposal efficiency, which is good. Uh, doesn't offer you much in terms of metres game, but I, I felt like he that's what he's in the side for, just to be that, that good, uh, solid, dependable uh, defender in the air. Uh, played a bit of that intercept role, uh, ten intercept, uh, eight intercept possessions. Um, probably the best game I've seen for Jake for maybe this season, actually. Yeah, very close to his best game for the year. And uh, he's been, he has had some really poor ones and, and perhaps on form was, was very lucky not to be dropped. But then again, we had so many injuries out there, uh, he wasn't able to be dropped. But mm. uh, And I'm very pleased to see that. I, I like the guy. I think at his best, he's handy because he's got a heart and he fight, fights very hard for the ball. Uh, and so uh, it was very pleasing. He would have been in our best players anyhow. Yeah, 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 I had him in there. Um, Tiles, look, Tiles did it right, I suppose. <laughs> Took 11 marks, which is pretty good. Uh, 11 and 8, um, uh, four rebound 50s, only five contested possessions, went at 79%. Uh, again, another bloke in our, in our defence. And if you have a look at the metres gained from our defensive players, you've got Kelly 247, Talia 208, uh, Otten, not that he was down back often, but 206. Uh, Miller are 296. He's one of your key run and carry players that only didn't even give us 300 metres. Uh, McKay at 340. Hardigan 141. Um, who else have we got there? Cheney 145. Even Seisman was way down 306. Um, you know, so you're looking at our defence there and you're looking at no meterage from those defensive players because A, we didn't have that run and carry from Miller and uh, McKay. But, and it just shows you how much we missed Luke Brown and Rory Laird um, as our two creative guys and also, obviously, the ongoing loss of Brody Smith. Our, our defence were just stagnant, completely stagnant, and Tiles was, you know, five intercept possessions. He, he's not the guy to distribute the ball, but uh, and he tried very hard on, on the ground just about for the whole game. So you can't knock him, I guess. He's a guy that doesn't know anything but trying 100%, and... Uh I wonder what goes through his mind when he watches some of Atkins' performances, you know, that, uh, it, which are the antithesis of what he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, Talia, look, he, I thought he had a reasonably good game, to be honest. Um, but, well, he couldn't uh, do much more, I don't think, Macca, could he? Oh, you, you know, he, it's, King can, you, can not hold back the tide either. I mean, the, it, Talia tries his ass out, and he really does. Mm. And, um, uh, I don't think we've ever accused him of not, no, of, you know, no. not putting in 100%. So no. look, he, he did his job. Yeah. Now, Andy Otten was a bit contentious because he came in for Fogarty um, and obviously Fogarty um, was in and out of games and his disposal or possession count, I should say, was a bit low. Uh, we got 18 touches out of Andy and 12 marks, uh, two tackles, um, Two rebound 50s, only two contested possessions. Uh, pretty good disposal efficiency, 83%, four intercepts. But when you look at it, do we actually gain anything, do you think, out of having Andy Orton in, in the side, even though he took 12 marks? Well, you know, what, what I think is really, really sad is is if you look at Andy Orton's numbers, uh, is that 
we would not regard Andy Otten as our best 22 players. And mm. he's not really our best 25 players. He may have even been our best 28 players. And yet the guys managed to mark the ball 12 times and get 18 possessions. Um, and by comparison to some of the others, um, I think it's an embarrassment to guys who, rega- who regard themselves as regulars when you see a guy like Andy Otten who's got no pace, no pace whatsoever, mm. and yet at least uh, has got the ability to get the ball a number of times that he does. Mm. And, and um, well, I, I think Andy embarrasses some of the other players who are much more talented than he is. I think it's a really good point, Macca. And, you know, I, I don't think there's ever been a question over Andy's footy ability, and it's such a shame he's had those two ACLs that have just robbed him of whatever pace he might have had. Um but I, I'm thinking of the bigger picture here, and it's not a knock on Andy at all. Um, and I, I felt like he was probably in our top half a dozen players. But what mm. did we gain out of selecting him? Like, what did we actually gain out of selecting him over over Fogarty? Nothing, absolutely nothing. And, and this is this is one of the issues I've got with selection. And there's a couple more as we go through. But there didn't there doesn't seem to be any. Um, uh, method or, or thought process around our selection at the moment. Um, you know, we lack run on the outside, so what do we do? We drop Lockie Murphy. Um, you know, we've got a young lad that just starting to assert himself a little bit and get a little bit of confidence, and we drop him. You know, for yeah, Andy yeah. Otten, and and yes, Andy put up good numbers and was a solid game, and as I said, probably in his... In his uh, in his first half, you know, in the first half a dozen in terms of best, but he did. He had no direct influence on the result, and you know, people in the chat saying, saying, you know, Fogarty would have got eight touches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's not the point. The point is that you there. There are times when you've just got to persevere with a player, and having already given. I mean, I, I, I was against Fogarty being picked in the first place because I felt he was too young. And, you know, now the injury situation is such that he has to have a game. But if you're going to give him a few games, he clearly wasn't, wasn't uh, you know, served any better by being in the twos. And we weren't served any better in the ones by having Andy Otten in the side. It's just, to me, it's a mind-boggling selection. Well, you know, one of the lads in uh, the chat's making a very, very good point. But... In their minds, they're picking a team to win. That's what they—that's they, what they think they are doing. Um, the, if they to pick Fogarty and to pick uh, Lachlan Murphy all the time, really is either a a last ditch effort, or b it's planning for the future in terms of building a team up for next year. Um, and look, at the moment, I would say that if we were sensible about where we where we're really at and what's likely to happen for the rest of the year. We're not going to win a flag. We are not going to win a flag. Of course we're not. So, you know, it would to me it would be very sensible if at this stage of the year the club acknowledged that and didn't play the weak links like Atkins, etc., and did play young players, and even if we did get beaten, at least uh, we'll end up with a very good draft pick in a year when, it, when the draft picks will really count, and, uh, and then we could also get players ready for next year. Uh, anyway, let's let's move on. I, I, nothing against Andy personally, because as I said, I thought he was good, um, but he had no impact whatsoever on the game in terms of the result. Uh, there were probably four or five other players that could have got similar stats had they been in. 
Wayne Miller was a bit of a disappointment. 12 and 5, 17, um, 7 marks, uh, 5 rebound 50s, only 6 contested possession, only gained, as I said, 296 uh, metres, uh, 5 intercepts, spent a lot of time on the ground uh, for not many possessions. He was one of the blokes we needed to free up outside the contest and get a bit of run going on the fat side, but uh, we just kept chipping back and forward and that really slow switch that makes you want to throw a brick through the television, Macca. The, yeah, the, the style of the game didn't really suit Miller. I, I didn't think any of for the very reasons you just said. Uh, the, you know, Our movement of the ball was so slow that there wasn't any really opportunity to get him into that position. Um, well, there was plenty I, of opportunity to get him in that position for that very reason, Macca. The ball movement was slow, and what what was happening is that we weren't running to position. There was enough time for us to be running patterns and opening up some and freeing up some space to allow Miller um, and Co. The, the the few faster players that we've got to actually run into some space and to get the ball moving. But we would run to a position and then just stand there and block space. You know, you know well, as well as I do, Macca, you run to a position, if the ball's not coming your way, you get the hell out of there. I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is um, he was handicapped back in his in his role mm. by the fact that what wasn't happening up ahead. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I would not have been a distributor of the ball. Mm. Uh, you know, poor, poor old Hardigan, who's not the greatest thinker in the world, who I think plays very well on instinct mm. and not so well when he has to think, I saw three or four times a poor guy nearly gave up. He couldn't know where to kick the ball. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. You don't want to give Harding on options. Uh, <laughs> Mac had his usual 16-possession game, four marks, uh, two tackles, uh, two inside 50s, four rebound 50s, um, three contested possessions, 88% disposal efficiency, three 40 metres gain, five intercept possessions. I don't know. I've got nothing to say of you. No. no. Um, Hardigan, I thought, had a bit of a shocker, although he tried really hard. But uh, when when we're under siege down back, as you said, Macca, that's when Kyle uh, tends to panic. And there were a couple of times he was caught one out or in uh, uh, high-pressure situations. He just didn't know what to do. 13 and 3 for 16. Took 12 marks. Uh, uh, only the one tackled. Uh, four rebound 50s. Um, went 81% for his two contested possessions, but they were all short kicks, 141 metres gain for the game. Um, you know, I mean, I think with Kyle, you've got to understand he is what he is. He's a dour, tall, key position player. Um, he shouldn't be relied upon to move the ball. He should be relied upon to stop the ball uh, and stop his opponent, and that's it. Uh, and he had precious little support. Can't argue with that. Yep. Um, Glitchy, I thought, was almost our best maker. Uh, certainly the first half was promising. 11 and 5 for 16, 3 marks, uh, 5 inside 50s. Four contested, went at 81%, uh, nearly 300 metres gained. Uh, four score involvements. Uh, he fell away, obviously, in the, in the second half, but I thought his first half was very promising. I was very annoyed when he got dropped the week before because although he didn't have a, a lot of possessions, uh, I remember saying to you that uh, I was very impressed with the fact of the few times he got the ball, he showed touches of class. I mean, genuine class because he's got pace and he just, his distribution of the ball is pretty good in general. And, um, yeah, I, I thought that 
he was probably one of the highlights of the game because he showed uh, what he's going to be, you know, glimpses of what he's going to be in the future. He has got excellent pace. He's not frightened, and his distribution of the ball is pretty good. So why would you keep Rory Atkins in the team and drop Gallucci and then bring Gallucci that- back but keep Atkins in the team and drop Murphy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, seriously? Well, you know, leaving the others out of it, uh, you know, I think Jordan Gallucci should be played every game this year because, you know, he is going to be one of the players of the future. Yep, he is. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. And he's, you know, he's been in the system now for 12 months. Uh, he's he's shown that he can play at the level. Uh, he's starting to find more of the ball. Uh, you know, I, I certainly wasn't his big, biggest fan because he hadn't shown up much at SANFL level. Um, and his form when he came into the side reminded me how bad the SANFL is in terms of form indication because uh, he certainly hit the ground running and uh, I don't think he should be out of the team. Uh, Tom Duday is tailing off though, Macca, do you think? Uh no, not necessarily. I, I I could not understand the, the move of throwing him into the forward line. Christ, I, I, you've got the, you've got a guy who I think you know, tries his ass off in the back lines, and, uh, and you know, and if he doesn't get the right uh, the writing star for the whole competition, and I think the game stinks because he's been by a uh, hundred mile every week, uh, uh, right up there. Oh, it's only halfway through the season, though, mate. Well. He certainly uh, wins it right now. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, he wins that's it that's right it. now, but whether that's he can high. sustain it is uh, not because he his trend line is uh, is dipping. Yeah, I, I, well, I think he finished, uh, and perhaps not quite as good a game as normal, but we were under a great duress, and I thought that this guy, it, he does give 100%. Mm. He does give 100%, and... And I thought he was wasted for some time when he was put into the forward line. So. Look, I, I, well, I think his move into the forward line was uh, acceptance by the coaching staff that they got selection wrong. <laughs> well, the, it has to be, doesn't yeah. it? Today he had 8 and 6 for 14. He took 6 marks, uh, 5 tackles, 5 uh, clangers, though. 3 rebound 50s, 4 contested possessions, only went at 57% disposal efficiency. Only gained the 195 metres, seven turnovers and six intercept possessions. And I think that that's probably what I'm seeing. He's probably not quite as confident with the ball uh, in hand at the moment. He's, and that's probably indicative of the whole team. Um, well, the whole, back line, the whole back line was like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The lack of, the lack of movement ahead of them was... No options. Was shocking. Yeah, no options. Uh, Eddie Betts uh, tried hard. 9-4 for 13, three marks... Uh, one goal, one. Uh, as you said, Macca, before, just passed a couple off, and you think, Eddie, just for goodness sakes, have a crack. It's what you're there for. Oh, it's yeah. what we're paying you for. 35, 40 metres out from goal. You have to have a shot. Just has I mean, to. I mean, I was such a greedy bastard. I'd used to try from 70 metres That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise Well, you have to love kicking a goal. And, you know, and surely Eddie loved kicking goals. Well, that's what he's employed moment, for. But at the moment, he seems to have lost a little bit of confidence, and he has definitely lost uh, confidence in his set shots at the moment. And he have, uh, he, 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 now he went off for a while at the take finger off the button. He went off for a while um, at the end of the Frio game, yeah. Uh, yes, he did. So I wonder whether he's got a bit of tightness through the back and hamstrings as well. When you don't want to kick long, that's usually the reason, Macca. 
Let's call it a hamstring awareness. Shall we do that? Yeah. Uh, look, he only had five contested possessions, only went at 30% uh, disposal efficiency, um, three turnovers. So, yeah, uh, it was an almost game for Eddie, but, you know, to be fair, uh, playing a bit of a lone hand, I think. Oh. Well, he's got, he seemed to have a little, you know, usual class around the ball, but it was, yeah. well, you know, once he got the ball, it wasn't like the old Eddie in terms of... Um, yeah, you know, whether he has got, you know, just a little bit of soreness, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This next guy, uh, I've been, we've been giving him pass marks for the last month, um, and then he went and signed a contract extension, Macca. Um, <laughs> went, uh, went and signed a contract extension, you know. Have you ever guessed who? Oh, wow. Richard Douglas, Douglas. 10 mm. and 3 for 13. Terrible uh, zero marks, zero score, two tackles, uh, had 10 clangers, seven contested possessions, went at 30.8% disposal efficiency, uh, had three stoppage clearances, two score involvements, only gave us 128 metres gained, two turnovers and one intercept, spent 86% time on ground. He's had a reasonable run recently and, um, and played some reasonable games, but he did pick a very bad game to play an absolute shitter. This is and a backs-to-a-wall game, Macca, and Richard Douglas is our, one of our senior players on the ground. Now, I've got to ask you a question. First of all, why do we give him a contract extension? Because um, we like doing it. I'm, I'm bugging on. Why do we have to do it right now? No, uh, had he proven um, himself worthy of it? Probably uh, on the fact that he probably did have a run about three reasonable games coming into it. And, and reasonable. Um, no, look, your point, Fallon. It was disgusting. I thought his game was disgusting. It was a very poor game. You know, the club's backed you in for another season. You go out there and you perform, um, and he's gone out there and got 10 kicks, for God's sakes, and has not laid more than two tackles and has not actually got involved with us chipping around here's something for you to chew on Macca with us chipping around through the back half and he's playing through the midfield clearly Richard at no stage ran hard enough to make space to get one of those 15-20 metre chippy chippy passes not once, he didn't take one mark, not one mark no, that's not good, bloody disgusting Uh, Uh, but as Barty Magic says the, Doug- the Douglas contract extension was uh, a weak stunt from the club to take the, our mind off all the misery and all the... This was supposed to be a good point to get us all elated. But, he's, taken, uh, he's taken the piss. Yeah, but, you know, uh, but no, they were talking about all, you know, all the fact that uh, oh, all yeah. the people wanted out of the club. Look, here we are. Here's a guy that's uh, just signed a contract. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, not something that made you go whoopee, whoopee, whoopee. No, well, and uh, he didn't return the favour, Macca. That's the thing that uh, bothers me the most. Didn't return the favour. Um, and you need it. You need it from your seniors in that sort of situation. He should have been up with Bryce Gibbs and Matt Crouch, and yet he's down the bottom with Sauce, who had 8-5 and five for 13, only took the three marks, the big fella, kicked two goals. <laughs> including one out of his backside early. Uh, tw- only the 28 hitouts. Uh, McAvoy had 30, and Segler was, proved himself a pretty decent second ruck, got 19. Um, 
They're saying that Sam's got a crook back, and that's obviously. I was going to yeah, I was going to get to that because uh, hang on, let's just keep running through. Uh, two inside fifties, uh, four clearances, um, nine contested possessions from Sam, nearly seventy percent, uh, six score involvements, four turnovers. Uh, actually, probably about as best as you could hope for from Sam at the moment. But when Don Pike said in his press conference, "Oh yeah, but you know Sam's been carrying a back injury for a while now," I just about wanted to bloody jump through the TV because why have we been playing him, Macca? Why have we been playing him? They've now admitted he's had a back injury since when was it? Round three when he did it against Richmond or Port? I can't remember. Mm. Why mm. have we been playing him? Because we're weird. Uh, no, we're, seriously, because we, we're playing so many players in that, in that situation. Um, uh, I've never seen a team that's Falling apart like this, and, and we know why. That uh, Sam's is probably different. That might because of the being a back, and it, it could well be because of the fact that he's, he gets people jumping into his back all the time. Fellow ruckman, come on, Macca. Well, I don't know. I well, really don't. Know. The the backbone connects to the hamstring bone via the glute bone, and what are the problems we're all having at the moment? Back, glute, hamstring. Well, it's generally the hamstrings are because you've got a bad back, um, not not ba- uh, bad back because you've got a bad hamstring. I, I had tight hamstrings all through my footy life, and it used to affect me in my back because my hamstrings were tighter than my uh, stronger than my core. So, it can go either way. Well, but well, he's he's uh, certainly had them, um, and then, uh, you know he's been very ineffectual for some time, uh, and as. Has been said by in the chat. You can't play with it. No, and, no, no. you uh, can't he, play with spasms. God, no. And you know, I've got back spasms now, but you know, think, you know, I find it bloody hard to walk with it, and let alone play football with it. Um, and you know, you've got to feel sorry for the guy. But uh, your point is very valid. Why? Why was he uh, not rested? I mean, we've had Riley O'Brien, who's been toiling around in the twos for a hundred years. Um, <laughs> I reckon he must be close to 100 SA in the field games, Riley O'Brien. Um, you know, and now he's injured, but back when Source did his back, uh, Riley was fit and firing. And uh, He was originally, yeah, he was. Why, why did we – and even now, even now with, with uh, you know, Hunter's out and, and O'Brien's out and, and Deer's had some knee soreness, why wouldn't you bring in even even play Alex Keith at centre half forward and go and ruck JJ for a week? You know why are we absolutely smashing Source into the deck? I don't understand it. Well, I, I remember calling for and because uh, O'Brien was available, because I remember calling for O'Brien to be played and uh, Jacobs have a rest for a couple of weeks because you know you could tell the guy couldn't get off the ground. I kept no. saying he just can't. He can't get off the ground. Well, he can't get around the ground either. And uh, no, it's again poor player management. Um, this, this, it, you know, this is an era Tuesday night that we will will actually pull the club apart on. Yeah, and um, and also I'd advise people have a listen to Five Double on Monday because Rowie is going to go off absolutely half cocked about this. No, he won't. And, no, he won't. No, no. Oh, I know, I know, I know. He was the same last week though, Macker, and he called his heels by Monday. No, you mean he was probably silenced. Well, and what's going to be any different this week? Um, 
interesting to see anyhow. Oh, definitely. I'll be listening. I might even be calling. Um, Cole Chaney uh, filling a stopgap role wasn't the worst. Um, 10 and 3 for 13. Four contested, went at 70% disposal efficiency, didn't really gain us any meterage. Uh, you know, clearly he was just there to play a role. Um, yeah, making up a number, that was all. Well, pretty much. Uh, Seedsman, very, very quiet. Um, again, Geez, I was disappointed with him. I was oh, so disappointed with him. He's another guy that's been grabbing his hamstring for the last two weeks and now he's got a hip, fle- a hip point or a hip flexor or whatever. Eight and four for 12, took five marks, uh, two inside 50s, only four contested, um, 306. He played 76% of the game, but he doesn't look right to me at all. Hip, he's got hip pointer awareness. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look, what next? I've got earlobe awareness, Macca. <laughs> Jesus. From from yeah. all this from all this crap coming out of the club, my I've got bleeding on the brain awareness. Honestly, now oh. Rory Atkins. Oh, there's not much more we can say about Rory Atkins. Yes, we can get no, get the whip we can, out. No, let's let's flog him to bloody death. He well, really he is a weak coward. Well. Let's go through the stats. Six marks, six uh, six kicks, six handballs for twelve. Took five marks, uh, one tackle, uh, one inside fifty. This is this is our outside runner. Um, two rebound fifties, five contested possessions, only eight uncontested possessions. Went at eighty three percent, which isn't hard when you only out of your possessions gain one hundred and thirty meters. So he was chipping it. Uh, about as uh, about as far as Matt Crouch was, uh, three turnovers, four intercepts, played eighty two percent time on ground. The the only thing you can say about Rory is that you know you get what you're going to get from Rory because whenever there's any pressure in the game, you you basically may as well rule a line through his name, Macca. He was disgraceful. Nothing short of disgraceful. Look, if they have club. He's serious about it. It's got to play in the future without this guy because you can't play players who don't have a heart. You know, you can be not the most talented. You know, you have, you have a look at football and some of the players that have made big names for themselves and big careers for themselves, and they were guys that had very little talent, but uh, they had great hearts. This is a guy that's got a, lot, a fair bit of talent and zero heart. Well, let's be a little bit analytical about this rather than being emotive because we have smashed Rory for the past month, rightly so. But how can a guy who's spent the game running 14 kilometres up and down the bloody ground, how can the guy only get 12 touches? He's run 14 kilometres. How can he only get 12 touches? Well, a lot of those kilometres he's running, obviously, he's getting away from getting hit. Uh, you know, he's he's certainly making sure he's not there to get his body hurt. But he's not. He's there's something seriously wrong with his running patterns. If if he's running that far and getting so little of the ball, uh, I mean, iris, take his you know courage or his ability to get his hands dirty out of the equation. You know, in a team which is crying out for outside run, you know, and on, in a game that we was just struggling so hard to break through Hawthorne's zone and to move the ball with any sort of aggression whatsoever, Miller and Rory Atkins and Seedsman and D-Mac uh, and uh, Gallucci, who did do it a bit, 
should have been the ones to offer that run and carry. And Rory Atkins got the ball 12 times out of 14 kilometres run in the game. You can't be serious. As Barry Magic said, it's 2.5 laps of an oval per possession. <laughs> that could be comment of the year, Vardy. Uh, well, I'm going to scratch. I'm just—I don't know whether you can hear this, but I'm just going to screenshot that one because that's going in the Hall of Fame. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, well done, but it's exactly right. Bloody, what's he doing? For God's sake, what is he doing? You know, and why? If his running patterns are so poor. Surely, I mean, they've got GPS trackers on all of them. They know not only how far they run, but what, what you know, where they're running, what positions on the ground they're running. Rory Atkins just does, isn't running to the right spots. Is it, be, is it because he just doesn't want to get the ball? Or what is it? I don't understand. No, uh, I, I, I think it's fear. But it can't be fear when we've got the ball, Macca. When we've got the ball off around, you know, deep in, in defence or across half-back or whatever, we've got the ball at, at this point. You know, make a bloody lead. Move into space. Move around. You're supposed to be our outside. You're supposed to be our wingman. I can't believe it. Like, when I saw that, I couldn't believe it. You know, we'd say what we like about Rory's heart, but the fact is he's just not a footballer. You can't run 14 kilometres and get it 12 times. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, no, seriously, we should be trying to trade him at the end of the year if we can get something for him. I reckon I could get. I could reckon I could run fourteen kilometres and buy more donuts along the way than he got bloody touches. For Christ's sakes. Anyway, Hugh Greenwood, another one, very very worrying. Uh, only the four kicks. It didn't have a kick in the first half. I don't think. Um, eight oh. handballs for twelve. Two marks, uh, five tackles, uh, three clearances, only eight contested possessions, which is down for him. When at 67 disposal efficiency, um, only 82 metres gained for Hugh um, and only one intercept. Uh, is he cooked? Have we run him into the ground yeah. as well? Yeah, I, I think, you know, in fairness to him, he played a ter- pretty very poor game, actually. Um, he got absolutely... Mac in the midfield, you know, and he didn't even get too many occasions where he could get his body involved in it. Uh, I th- he, he he and uh, Wise, uh, they were two boys that were asked to do. Instead of that, those they are the type of guys that um, are your your foot soldiers. You know, you're not you're not your leaders, but they've had to go in there and be the leaders and and uh, and do it all, and rather than just help. And uh, but yeah, he he is spent at the moment. In um, uh, the, the buy could not have come at a better time. I think we'll mm. see a much better game from him in after the buy. Mm. But uh, he's one of those players that's had to play above his ability, and and it's done a reasonably good job. Um, but you know, it, he was burnt. You know, there yeah. wasn't much left. Uh, Paddy Wilson, the Paddy debutant. Twelve, uh, seven kicks, five for twelve, uh, five marks, uh, two tackles. Uh, what have we got? One clearance, uh, three contested. Went at seventy-five percent, only forty-eight meters gained. Three, turned it over three times. I, 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 this is what I couldn't understand, Mackie. You pick a guy who's been playing half back and through the midfield all year, and then where do you play him? Fucking half forward. Uh, 
Well, yes, I, I'm not really sure about that either. But he uh, he's, he could go, divide his game up into two. His first half he was non-existent, uh, non-existent. But he, particularly his last quarter was his strongest quarter, uh, and and he was the most noticeable that he was around. Uh, look, he did, he should be given another game because um, you can't judge a player's performance in that game who's having his first game because. Um, it, you know, they just get lost in the, in in that swamp that was uh, Hawthorne uh, just running all over us. But I, I thought that I did notice him in the last quarter doing a few things and, and fighting for the ball, doing a couple of good things. So yeah, I'd like to see him get another game. Actually, um, I have a bit of time for Pat Wilson, and I'd think they set him up to fail. To be honest with you, I have no idea why they played him where they played him. Um, I assumed that he was uh, kind of going to be a bit of a halfback flank and a bit of a foil for Huey inside the contest. Um, mm. And they just, I don't know, they just played him nowhere. It was like they felt that they had to play him for some reason. Um, and I, I do hope he stays in the side. But to me, the, like, why would you bring in Patrick Wilson? Essentially, they brought in Pat for Lockie Murphy. Now, you couldn't think of two more different players than Patrick Wilson and Lachlan Murphy. Oh no! I mean, yeah. that, that's, that, that's 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 who they brought him in for. That's farcical. Doesn't doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, Jenkins, it, it, sorry, gone. I was going to say it's in keeping with all our player management so far, mm. though. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Jenkins seven and four for eleven. Only took one mark. The big man mountain uh, kick one one uh, two tackles uh, three no no clearances six contested possessions. Um, only gave us fifty nine percent meters, uh, fifty nine meters gained. Oh, I don't know. He's just oh, not a I... he's not a footballer. So he tries. No. Even, when he, even no. when he tries, like I said, the amount of times I saw him and Tex getting in each other's way, uh, he he has no initiative. He doesn't do well when the ball's not coming in on his terms. He has he's got a little bit more aggression than last year, but it's kind of fake aggression, so it's not really. Doesn't really achieve anything. Um, oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. No, I think you said it right at the beginning when you said he's not really a footballer. Um, he he performs well in a forward structure that does have a structure, and when there's a role to play, when uh, when we've got uh, all, all of our players available, when when the when the four, you know, the big when the big five are all there in the forward line, and uh, it's only four now because Charlie's gone, but. Um, but when the when the right guys are there in the right places, uh, he has a role to play, and he can he can understand that. But he's not a natural footballer that you know, like when the chips are down, he's going to give you a great great deal. Mm. He did try though. I never saw him squib anything. Put it that way. No, I didn't squib anything, but he's like. Oh, but he's he, but he's a, he's a converted player. He was a, he's a basketballer who's. It doesn't matter. Who, it doesn't matter, Macca. Like it really. I like. I'm tired of that. Because he's in the team for a reason, and he's got to give us, you know, output commensurate with the reason he's in the same team. Not um, arguing with that. You know, he gave Not us two two hitouts, uh, chopping sauce out in the ruck. Didn't kick a goal, or sorry, kick one goal. Uh, took one mark. Yeah, you know, it's a pantsing. It's it's it should be there. Tex shouldn't be there. I mean, Tex tried as well, but it's like, why why are they playing him? Why do they bother playing him? Yeah, well, okay. I mean, they are they are just killing these blokes. 
Yeah, it was stupid. I mean, I know Tex would have wanted to play the seasons on the line, blah, 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 but they sent him out to pasture. They told him to get fit, do him any pre-season. He's had glutes and, and hammies and all the rest of it, and he's never been right anyway after his knee. He, he seems to be very bottom-heavy. He's carrying a lot of weight through his through his legs and through his midriff. He is, isn't he? He doesn't look fit. He doesn't look agile. I, I love his loyalty to the club. I love the spirit that he brings. But if you saw him interviewed after the game, Macca, that was a broken man talking to Cameron Ling after the game. Yeah, it was a broken man listening. Yeah, no, Tex had nothing. I, I, I've never seen uh, that bloke uh, so so down and so uh, bereft of ideas. And you listen to the answers that he gave Lingy after the, after the game in that interview, the whole club's bereft of ideas. Can't argue with you. Yep. Cannot argue with you. Uh, and lastly, Miles Bahoki didn't really get involved at all, only had the eight touches, five marks. Uh, uh, I do like Miles. Um, whether he's been, uh, again, whether he's been played in the right spots, I don't know. I think he'll be all right. Um, but probably probably doesn't uh, deserve to be in the team at the moment. No, he doesn't. Uh, one thing I will say for him, he's not frightened. No, and he's good overhead. Um, but I would have dropped uh, him instead of Murphy. Yeah, probably. I, I would agree with you. I think we needed more the you know the run, uh, the more the quickness and around around. Yeah, the, exactly and right. Scooting around for the, the ball on the ground, but um, as it turned out, the, uh, the second half didn't really need any forwards. The ball wasn't there. Mm. Oh, mate, that's the tail of the tape, really. Um, you know, when you have a look at uh, Hawthorne's disposal count <laughs> compared to ours, you know, they had it's that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players over 20 touches. We had four, uh, you know, topped off with Mitchell at 40 uh, touches. Um, I, I don't know where we go from here, Mac. I really don't. It's uh, The club has imploded for reasons that have been well discussed and we'll discuss more on Tuesday night. But uh, uh, in, in fairness, also compounded by uh, the inevitable uh, contact injuries as well because that's that's the sad part of it is the mm. fact that, that we put so many players out of action by our bad uh, man management and the, the programs that we had uh, where they just kept pigging off one a week with the hamstrings where it was one in one and it become four in four and and then I think the peak was ten in nine or something like that and um, then then of course we had the the contact injuries then started just to make it worse again yeah and I think and I do think we had something it was either eight or nine first choice players out on the weekend and 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 I guess that any club that um puts up a team that's got that number of players missing is not going is not going to be a, a team that is uh it was going to frighten the opposition very much at all and and uh, but the one thing I, I was very disappointed I the way we collapsed in the third quarter and uh, you you could be not good enough but you, you know but you can still keep fighting to the end and I thought that maybe we, we did come good again in the last quarter in terms of, of trying to and giving giving some effort. But gee, in that third quarter, it was just horrible. And I think the generals that were managing us from the stands, um, the coaches, they, they didn't they didn't cover themselves in glory either. So 
you know, it's man management of the past, it's man management of the present, and it's the injuries both uh, created by us and then the, the, the contact injuries, and it's all come together to make this horrible mess the club is in at the moment. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. And I think, um, you know, all, all the hullabaloo over uh, the pre-season camp and collective minds in general, and we've certainly done our share of talking about it, I think that has covered up to a large extent what an absolute mess uh, the pre-season was. Um, you know, uh, we've, we've spoken briefly a few times about Kanga Tech and, and the, the injury management system they've got down there, but uh, there's nothing wrong with that system. There's plenty of other clubs using it well. We... You can't like when you start. You talked about impact injuries. So the reason you need to manage your soft tissue injuries is because you're always going to get impact injuries. And if you've got exactly. four or five blokes out with with hamstrings, and then you start mm. getting blokes rolling ankles or getting concussion or whatever, you know, all of a sudden you're down ten or eight or ten, which we are at the moment. Mm. But the players, so- the players look so flat. Uh, you know, Pike mentioned a few weeks ago that they'd addressed their fitness program and had made a few tweaks well to me what's what they've done is basically backed right off um to try and avoid these injuries but your whole season is built around your pre-season Macca. you know as well as i do that you put in all the work in the pre-season and then the the season is just about injury management rest and recovery you can't you can't make any gains during the season on the fitness front and it seems to me is uh, we're, we're running in mud at the moment um and it's, it's some of it's mental, I think, but I think some of it's fit, physical as well. I think they both feed into each other. And yeah, if, and you know, you got to you got to also bring into account the uh, the stupid camp that they had as well, and the, the fact how it may it may not have been negative on some players, but it was negative on others. And uh, and um, there is a bit of a split in, in in the club about the about the situation. And then uh, I thought the logical thing is that the chair would have come out and announced that, that um, it there were some problems created by it, which he has acknowledged, and then so that we we will scrap it and we won't continue with the program and uh, that we'll find other ways that to, uh, uh, you know, to bond and get our minds going and all that sort of stuff rather than this particular thing. But to say that we're going to, we're going to do it again and we've removed one of the guys that have done it, and, and that's actually that's the interesting thing is when you come out and say that you're going to do the camp again, but one of the guys that ran it last time has been removed from running it this time. That says there was a problem. Mm. That's just a, that is openly admitting it, the idiot. Yep. Um, and uh, I, I was disgusted when I heard that. Why then would you then continue with it when they they provided they provided the program? We agreed to take it on. And then we find that one of the guys wasn't suitable to run it, and yet we then we say, "Well, take that guy out and run it." And we'll but we haven't taken that guy out. No, there. Um, Brent uh, Bradenbeck, as he said that I think they said they removed aspects. It's not quite right, Brent. They did say that one of the guys won't, one of the other people that were running it won't be there. They did say that. Macca, I talked talk to Ian Shuttleworth on Friday who confirmed that Eamon Wolf is still involved in the program at the Crows. Friday. Um, well, perhaps that you may well be right. because Oh, well, I can't 
say Others anything. Say, that's that's the club telling me on Friday. On Friday, they responded because I, we we got word that um, the uh, collective minds thing had been pared back, and that Aim and Wolf Wolf had been removed uh, from right. the program. Yeah. Yep, that's that was what was implied by the chair. Yeah. Yep, and well, it wasn't implied by the chair. Um, but when I spoke to, uh, I rang the or I texted the club for comment, and uh, they gave me kind enough to give me a call back, and they were categorically saying that the collective minds remains part of the club. Um, the program is uh, individualised, and Eamon is still a part of it. Well. <laughs> Now, whether whether that's whether that's reflective of a commercial arrangement, um, and whether in practice, you know, he's uh, spending a lot of time in the cafeteria, I, I don't know, Macca. <laughs> but but that's yeah. what the club told me directly on Friday. But as I said to you at, at the beginning, there, uh, yes, collective minds, that, that whole thing's an absolute disaster. Um, if nothing else, it's a PR disaster. And to be honest with you. If the club had nothing to hide on collective minds, they'd just come right out and, and be effusive and open about it. But the fact that they're being so dismissive and secretive and wanting to move on, just that, I mean, that just tells me that there's issues. But anyway, moving on from that. No, but you're the, right about the PR thing. From a PR point of view, they should have, they would have gained a lot more confidence uh, by coming out saying that it didn't achieve what we wanted it to achieve in totality, so therefore we are scrapping it and we're not going to continue with the second part of it. Mm. Pay them out, pay them out if necessary, but get rid of it. And uh, Vardy uh, kindly acknowledges on, on the chat, and I, I haven't, but if anyone's wondering what all the kerfuffle is about Collective Minds, uh, go to aflcrowcast.com. Um, I've put a bit of a summary in there with some nice little reference links um, that pretty much sums up um, the research that I did a couple of weeks ago on Amen and, and Collective Minds um, and I would recommend that people go there and, and have a read it's not a very long article but click on a couple of the links and the one that I'd really recommend that you click on is the podcast interview that he did uh, with a with a mob called the Chief Cast uh, who are sort of a, um, a health and fitness kind of a podcast um, he did that last year so he was with the Crows at the time um, just go and listen to the first 15 minutes of that little joyful presentation and you'll probably come away scratching your head like I did. Thanks, Vardy, for the acknowledgement there. Look, but I, th I think, Macca, what the point I was getting to is that, yes, Collective Minds has been the very visible thing, but you can't hide the fact that we've got 10 players out, 10 first-choice players out, and that is all down to mismanagement um, uh, in terms of a fitness program. And forget about collective minds for the moment. Brett Burton and Matt Haas need to be held accountable for the fact that we can't get our best 22 or even anything close to our best 22 on the park at the moment. Because correct, let's face 100 it. Correct. Let's face it. If we were able to get even 80, 85 percent of our team on the park, we would not be in this situation. You know, mind space notwithstanding. You know, all that kerfuffle would be a sideshow, um, but the in it's the injuries and the subsequent domino effect of further injuries that has led to our ladder position, which has led to the scrutiny, and uh, it's been compounded by the secrecy uh, and the vagueness of the club. Uh, 
on various matters. The club hasn't really addressed the injury situation to any great extent other than saying we've made a few tweaks. They haven't addressed the collective minds thing other than saying, look, we'd like to move on. So that's why we question it. But to, to my mind, as juicy as the collective mind story is, the number one story in the land, as far as the Adelaide Crows are concerned, is the absolute clusterfuck that was the pre-season with Brett Burton and Matt Haas. And they should go. And they should go. That's my, club, that's my view. If we want to be seen as a professional club, we should be holding them accountable for what they've done. But look, if you if you've got uh, if you have an investment company and you and uh, you've got uh, uh, your assets were money, and you had two guys running it and that they absolutely destroyed it and halved it, uh, they would get sacked. They wouldn't even and, they wouldn't even get a bloody warning. They'd just be out in their asses. The shareholders would demand it. And th- see, correct. this Macca, that this is a big thing for me. We're, we're members, we're shareholders in the club, right? Now, if this is the corporate world, like as you rightly point out, if two blokes messed up our $10 million asset, the shareholders would be beaten down the door. Correct, 100%. Right? So why is it that when the members beat down the door, we're agitators and we're, we're annoying and we should just trust the club and get on with it? We're bloody shareholders in this club. Just the same as we're shareholders in BHP and Combank and all the rest of it. No one's letting Combank off the hook because they swindled millions of dollars out of people. So why Correct. should we let the club off the hook because they're mismanaging our $10 million asset? You know you know no. what I am about that, Macca? I'm offended. That offends me. Does it offend you? Oh, well, you know, Burton was offended yeah, by the well, fact we can... that, we, that, that, that we dead mentioned that, that he was... That was, my refer- that was my reference. Oh, I you gathered know. that. No one... And taking it one step further, we, yeah, we're offended, and we want him we want him removed, and he should be removed. And, and to give you some idea that that prick doesn't even appreciate what he's done, it's a fact that he was said on uh, on the radio that he was offended by the comments. But go and get offended somewhere else. That's all I want to say. <laughs> well, um, you know. Uh I don't know whether we're in a majority here. And we look, we certainly don't want to be negative, but this is reality. And to my mind at this stage of the season, I, I feel somewhat supportive and, and uh, a little bit protective of the playing group because I, I think a lot of this has been forced upon them. Uh, they weren't going too badly last year, were they? And yes, they have some issues in big moments and in big matches, but they've just had the rug pulled out from underneath them. And this is this is bloke's career, Smacker. Absolutely, and as Varley Magic said, which I said to you before the show started, with, with Teague and uh, JPOG uh, gone, you know, uh, it's just made it even worse again. Well, if you have a look at our um, assistant coaching panel uh, with Camparelli and Clark and Franco and Hart and Tate Kaisler and have I got them all? I think I've got them all. That's got to be one of the weakest assistant coaching panels of any team, let alone a t- let alone a club that is supposedly, you know, one of the richer, best supported clubs in the land. Yep, we've got two assistant coaches who who obviously have super glue to their ass because they never get moved. Um, we bring back Ben Hart who failed at Collingwood. You know, Josh Frank who was not a bad appointment. Uh, Kate Taysler has no AFL experience whatsoever. He's our defensive coordinator. Um, I just and and the two blokes that we get in uh, couldn't get out of here quick enough in David Teague and, and J-Pod 
couldn't get out of here quick enough. Well, it, you stinks, know, it, mate. If, it was a, if it was a proper business organisation, and it is, the chair should be calling for an investigation into who did what and who caused what and then making people accountable for their actions. Anyway, mate, we better leave it because we're cutting into Tuesday Night Live and there's going to be plenty to talk about on Tuesday night with Peter J as well and Donkey. Um, oh, I quickly, I'm not even going to do the awards this week because, quite frankly, it's not deserving. Um, yeah, I just want to steal another line from the, sure. the chat. And the boys, I've got to say, well done, boys. You've been very good out there tonight. You've yeah, 500 with- comments, fantastic. And a couple of new faces too, Paul uh, and uh, uh, Brent. I uh, haven't seen you guys around before, so thanks very much for joining us on the chat. Miles is in there as well, um, as yeah. well as our rusted on regulars who we love, Vardy and J Mac and PJ and DSG and uh, Simon and Mark. Uh, love you guys, and thanks for joining us. Go on, make it sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, the line that uh, Paul David Clement said, we've taken the man of the laughing stock of the AFL from the Paps. It's bloody true. We, this is the part that really hurts me, apart from the fact that we are performing so poorly and pathetically, is that we are a laughing stock in the AFL at the moment, not just as a football uh, team, but as a football club. You know, the, yeah. the club is being laughed at. We we are the joker that, uh, and... The, the number of adverse uh, references towards Adelaide, when if you're going to go roll the, the tape back probably 12 months, everyone was saying that, uh, you know, you know what a model club it was and it's run like this, it's run like that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and now we're a joke. Well, you know, when you set yourself up and, and uh, as, as a big fish and you alienate the media because you want to set up your own media and control the message macker and then you give vague responses and shut people out it's naive to think that the media uh, and the footy industry in general is not going to come at you at the first sign of weakness um revenge is yeah revenge is sweet and strong yeah anyway guys we'll leave it there don't forget that uh you can catch us on twitter and facebook at afl crowcast uh go and have a look at aflcrowcast.com there's a few articles there and also our podcasts are there on demand you listen to us on itunes please leave us a review and a rating much appreciated for everyone that listens see you on tuesday night for tuesday night live good night maca good night all yeah good night all